Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Real glad that you could join us for another segment. You know, for many folks, the pandemic has been a wake-up call to pay attention to our mental and physical health. Now, obesity is a disease. It's tied to serious health risk and can significantly increase the risk of severe COVID-19 complications. Well, joining us is Dr. John Osaka from the University of Louisville to talk about how people can lose weight and keep it off through various options, including modifying their eating habits, uh, lifestyle changes, and sometimes surgical intervention. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. John Osaka. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Neil. Thanks for the opportunity to discuss this pandemic of not only COVID, but also of morbid obesity. Uh, give us a bit of your professional background. I did, of course, mention that you're joining us from uh, the University of Louisville. So, yes, I'm uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm a general surgery and bariatric surgeon. and been in practice for approximately 20 years uh, and been performing a bariatric surgery for about 19 years. Mm-hmm. I did mention, of course, that obesity is, um, is it is a disease and it's defined as a BMI of 30 or above. Explain to our listeners what BMI is. Well, actually, obesity is defined as a uh, disease with a BMI of 25 or greater. So mm-hmm. normal BMI is between 18 and 25. And BMI means body mass index. And it's basically a calculation that involves height and weight. So someone that has a BMI over 25 is considered overweight, over 30 is considered obese. How does obesity complicate COVID-19 symptoms? Well, we've seen COVID-19 as a pandemic, and uh, a pandemic is basically a widespread disease. You could also define that for obesity, and it's something that basically is out there, but it hasn't received sometimes the notoriety as COVID-19. Now, COVID-19 has affected the elderly population disproportionately, but what we're seeing is actually the obese population is also at risk. And that is based upon the comorbidities that are associated with being overweight, such as diabetes and hypertension and cardiovascular disease, and especially respiratory compromise. Are there people who are becoming obese as a result of dealing with this pandemic? Well, Neil, that's a really good question. And, you know, we've taken some polls uh, nationwide in the United States, and 61% of people out there uh, have experienced undesirable weight changes. Now, that's not necessarily gaining weight in every instance, but 42% of those people polled have gained weight during the pandemic with an average of 29 pounds in the last year. So we are basically accentuating the epidemic of obesity with the pandemic of COVID-19. Are there certain communities that are more apt to be uh, obese? We're hearing so much about disproportionately uh, treated for this, that, or the other. Is that something that has been looked into? See, I don't think so. Uh, obesity is basically a global issue these mm-hmm. days, uh, and, and especially in the United States. Now, being from Louisville, Kentucky, we have a disproportionately large uh, population of obesity. But uh, in specifically, uh, I don't think that it affects a specific group of people or specific area. It's basically just a change in folks' norm. And so they're not able to exercise. And we say in our program, chaos is not conducive with weight loss. And so we are really seeing a kind of a nationwide increase in weight 
overall with this pandemic. Is there a, a genetic predisposition to obesity? Does that exist? Well, you know, that's been looked at in, in depth. And certainly there are some diseases and there are some uh, genetic predispositions that are out there. But for the most part, it has been a change in our normal in society. You know, when you go out to a local um, gas station and get a regular drink uh, that's a cola or a sweet tea that has 600 or 700 calories for that drink, and that is your normal, then that is obviously going to lead to an increase in obesity. Do you think that someone who is normally obese and someone who has taken on this unwanted weight gain due to the stress of the pandemic, maybe, you know, poor lifestyle habits because of being isolated or whatever, do you think that those people have a a better time, uh, an easier time of lifestyle change, diet change, as opposed to the person who whose obesity is the norm? Well, I, I, that's a really good question because uh, what you're what you're asking is basically how is stress affecting weight gain? And obviously, the pandemic has caused stress across the board uh, for almost everyone worldwide in one way or the other. And what we look at in our program is that obesity is somewhat defined as a food addiction. And if you look at any addiction. Uh, addiction is the rationalization and justification of a negative behavior. And so if you're in a stressful situation, if you're out of your normal, then people tend to turn to that addiction. And for a lot of us, it's food. I've heard it said that a lot of the food that we're eating is drugs disguised as food. Are there certain foods that are designed to make us gain weight specifically? I really don't have an answer to that. Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert on what's good or bad as far as food's concerned. Mm -hmm. I basically look at it as a matter of calories in versus calories out. And so as a bariatric surgeon, the basic thing that we do is limit calorie intake. And when you add to the fact that people are taking in more calories due to, to a change in their habits, and are unable to exercise, that ratio is being skewed towards gaining weight. So I don't think it's necessarily that there's there's good foods and bad foods per se, uh, but it's basically a change in lifestyle that's causing that, that weight gain. I would assume that a bariatric procedure, procedure would be the the last resort after trying to uh, change lifestyle and diet? Is that always the recommendation, always the case? Or are there cases where let's just jump right to the lap band because of this, that, or the other? Uh, when you look at chronic obesity, when folks come in and they, they're interested in lap band surgery or interested in bariatric surgery in general, they have tried multiple, multiple forms of weight loss and been successful. The problem is, is that after that success, they go back to their old norm. And so what bariatric surgery does, and especially the lap band, is it gives folks a tool to use and change their normal for the long term. The goal isn't necessarily short-term weight loss, but it's long-term weight loss. 
And with long-term weight loss and with the lap band, we are able to change people's lives, change the diabetes, the hypertension, the joint pain, the cardiovascular disease. These things are reversible. And so if you can maintain that weight loss over long term, that's the goal. You mentioned um, food addiction. I I would think that weaning yourself off of calories is one thing. Exercising, changing your lifestyle is one thing. But does lap band surgery immediately cut down those calories? And are there withdrawal symptoms that a person has to become accustomed to? Well, I don't, you know, I don't think it's necessarily their, their diet has been affected, but their routine has been affected. Mm, okay. So someone that comes into a bariatric program and is interested in a lap band is basically sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're ready to make a change. And what makes lap band successful in our program is the aftercare and the program itself. So it's not necessarily a procedure where someone leaves and then good luck to you. They are routinely followed up, and they are taught how to use their tool and are managed long-term, both with counseling, support, and motivation. John, where can our listeners get some more information about lap band surgery, about changing our eating habits, and about how to deal with uh, the stress of the pandemic in maybe a more positive uh, way as far as calories are concerned? Well, you can certainly go to our website, which is Lap Band of Louisville. You can go to the University of Louisville website, and you can go to Reshape, who is the uh, sponsor of the Lap Band system. Uh, other than that, there's certainly many places out there that are addressing this issue from a calorie standpoint, an exercise standpoint, and a long-term change standpoint. I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks for the opportunity. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio. 